How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed, the award-winning Unashamed (laughs) podcast. I have to mention it as ever so often. Well, if you blinked, we just were discussing that if you blink, you'd have missed us actually receiving the award. Yeah, it was a little bit different. We were just, uh, Josh was just showing us the the uh, actual show that aired on TBN, which most of you, if you watched it, we were kind of condensed into a category with the other like film and books and kind of other, because, you know, the, the music is the star of the show. I mean, yeah, it, a radio, and it was amazing. I mean, a radio station. That was like a concert, Jason. That, that was quite the oh, evening. It was, I, I thought it was really fun. So it just kind of reminded us again about it because it just happened this last week since last we recorded, even though we've already talked about it. But I got a lot of notes from a lot of folks out there on Ashamed Nation. And again, we thank you because, you know, really it's your award. It's not our award because yeah. you're the ones that vote and you're the ones that listen. So, Well, I was uh, – we were doing the wedding rehearsal. I have a wedding tonight to – what do you call that when you're officiating? You're the officiant. I'm the, I'm the efficient. Zach, how's that word? Efficient. Did I use that efficient? Yeah, Zach, is that correct? Efficiently. <laughs> yeah, you did it. You, you did good there. Well, I like what you did there. How so, many weddings have you officiated, guys? Do you know? Well, I, I'm retired. You know. Well, I know that, but uh, even before your retirement, you weren't exactly doing a lot of wedding. Maybe more than you think. Probably ten. All right. So uh, last time I counted because I keep records, but then I did them before records, so I'm not accurate. But I was about 160. Oh, well, oh it's wow. way That's more. Cool. Well, actually, when they asked me, you know, I said no. That that place is two doors down <laughs> to the left. <laughs> And they were like, what? I was like, <laughs> I said, that's not really my zone. You could do better. I tried every way known to man. That was my favorite line you told him. You could do better. That was the first thing that I was said. Fu- that's funny is what that I mean, because to me, they they look like kids. They look younger than they are, you know, compared to when I got married. I mean, they're old. They're in their 20s. But I was like, you could do better. So, but what I was going to say about the podcast, uh, there's a wedding planner that, that we all know well, and she, she's ageless, but she's the wedding planner. So she was telling everybody what to do because we did the rehearsal. Yep. And, uh, that was last night. It's out at my place, but she came up to me and she said, brother, when you held that Bible up, and I, I, I had no idea what she was talking about, you know, but she was looking so serious. She said, tears started streaming down my face, and I said, yes, Lord. And so just, She's talking about on the she was talk, she was wa- uh, She was watching the award. Yeah, you know, I got so it. So it was very. But you didn't know what she was talking about. No, but it was done with so passion. I was getting kind of choked up, and then, but I didn't want to say, now, what are you referring to? But, I mean, because she, she was just really. Yeah. 
passionate about that because she's a believer and she's she loves the. Lord. I got a, I got a ton of messages of people that said that they got choked up in that part, so which was on the only part they showed. So you know, yeah. You well, I both. I thought that was I, your. I, you had some good stuff in your acceptance, but that was your best line. Well, that's yeah. what I believe. Yeah. I mean, when I really, I mean, don't take any offense. I'm not trying to hurt y'all's feelings, but when I look around. There's got to be another answer to this. That's right. <laughs> to this success. <laughs> we, 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 we thought, I mean, no we've had the same thought. Look, yeah, we've had the same thought looking around ourselves, Jay. So, yeah, yeah no offense. Not taken. a, not a whole lot of winners here. So, I, <laughs> so I concluded that it must be the good book. So that's my speech, and I'm sticking to it. And so, uh, so Dad, you're hearing us today for the first time. So, how do how do we sound? Cause... No, I think you need a better lead up to that, Al. We we actually have our first. What somebody dropped the M word with the miracle <laughs> that feels that he feels like he's had a miracle. And I felt the same way he feels this morning. Somebody said that. Oh, I said that. It's I said a miracle. It, it oh, felt you like said a, that. I said oh. it felt like a miracle because I was deaf. I was not hearing anything, and all of a sudden, it was so loud it it I shied away from it. Well, uh, we we went to to uh, Ohio and to the Amish community up there. Can't think of that little town, Mount Hope. I had Mount been Hope. there. I had been there. And Jason, did been they there. miss me? Had they oh, they, a lot of people. Oh, yeah, they remember you. A lot of people brought you up. We signed some stuff. You had signed. You helped the follow up, but we followed up with there. And after I kept trying to throw Jason under the bus, it was so funny because they would say something about Jason. I'd make like Al, a, up there. We don't throw people under the bus; we throw them under the tractors. <laughs> under the after tractors. meeting with them uh, and asking a few questions, you know, and they were just they were talking free to talk. I was absolutely convinced that they are members of the kingdom of God. Jesus being the King, they believe He died for them, was buried. Yeah, they're they, good people. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and their women could cook. And, uh, I also remember that. Yeah, I mean, and they had I, an I, Amish I, wedding feast as well. So, so that's what their men that in, could cook too. So put that yeah, in that's context. Right. So we were there all day, and I had a large crowd that night, you know, and got on back on the plane, flew back down to here. We got in here about uh, eleven, around eleven o'clock. About ten thirty. Yeah. So we're leaving West Monroe, Louisiana. I'm out on. Jonesboro Road going toward the woods Pass where I live. Yep. So it's two lanes of traffic, two road, two two lane, you know. So I'm on the right leaving, and the people coming in was on my left coming in. Basic well, I, traffic. I, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm, one. I'm cruising along at about 45 or 50. Which and, is the speed limit. Yep. And I looked to my left, and in that line of traffic, I saw this vehicle coming out of it. It just kind of was sliding over. Into uh, my lane. Uh-oh. So I, I'm, 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 I, I come off the gas a little bit, and I'm watching them, and they're, they're, they're not going to the left or right. They're still, it's like this. They both just, lanes are filled. Both lanes are filled, and they're coming head on. So I got ready. I said, I'm going to do all this in one lick here. I was saying it to myself because I, I said, which way do I go here? Because he's coming. When he got within about... Eight to ten feet from, I mean, head on, like you hadn't seen a lady. It's going, it was going to be a head on. Y'all's mother was on the right, and I'm watching that. And when they got down to about eight to ten feet, he was coming pretty, whoever was coming pretty fast, faster than I was driving. 
but I waited till I could turn quick. I turned to my right like this, like this, and gunned it. Just, I stomped my gas, boom. So I did like this. I just went like this. They're still coming. And I just romped down on the accelerator. And I thought at one point I was going to make it. But I heard pretty good little racket on the back and, you know, <laughs> swung me around a little bit. I said, I've been hit. I said, I'm going to chase that rascal down. So I was going to get ready to go up there. But I saw his taillights. He just went back in the road and kept on going like nothing ever happened. Yeah. So I, I said, well, I'll run him down. Well, I looked back at <laughs> my back tire. I heard the flopping. <laughs> And my back tire was just flopping rubber. So he hit my tire. When I did like this, he just clipped me right on the end and didn't even tear up the truck at all. He just hit the tire. That, that's how I almost got him, you know, got away from him. But it's boom, he goes back. Well, you know, I'm standing there now. It's about, uh, oh, 12, 13, 12 o'clock roughly. The, the, the little old filling station that was on the side of the road was closed. The woman wouldn't open the door. She's looking at me. I'm standing there, you know, hey, open the door. Let We need a cell phone here. I don't own a cell phone, but I needed one. Miss K's wouldn't work. We, we ended up with getting my, my old standby, old Jimmy Red, the redneck. I woke him up. He said, you called me once. I didn't answer. But he said, the second time, he said, why would he be calling me at 12 o'clock at night? So, yeah. so Red got, got it, understood it. He showed up, put the tire, the bow, the bad tire off. He's going this morning to get another one. The state trooper I called in, oh, you know, we called the police, come down there, check this out. You know, maybe you see a vehicle up above us that's tore up like this one is a little bit, you know, on my tire and all that. But so he comes in there and said, well, you know, we, didn't, we can't find anybody. Just, you know, boy, you got some driver license? I said, yeah, yeah, I have some driver license. So, we showed them all the paperwork, you know. So he took one look at you and thought, "No." He knew who I was. He, oh, okay. You know, he, you know what? But so he knew who I was. <laughs> so, so you're you're good to go. Man. So no injuries and no injuries. What's one, crazy one, to me is loss I... of one tire, and uh, I finally got in bed. It was about one one thirty after the red. I had to wait on him to come up there, but change mm -hmm. the tire, put it back. It been. What's crazy is I heard your wife tell this story, and she was more of uh, the hero, the hero in her version of the story. But <laughs> so now I, I don't know. If she had been driving that vehicle, that would have been a head-on collision. Well, I admit that when she tells tells her version of it, I said, "Hmm." I said, "Mom." I'm, it's it is a miracle you're alive if if this whole situation was based on your instincts and reflexes. Because yeah. oh. in, in her story, you were zoned out, and she yelled at you to take a hard right at just yeah. the no. right moment. No, that was her version. She no. said, "You know, I looked I, up. I and saved us." This she way. said there were two cars drag racing in the in the middle of of the street, and I said, "Well, how did you know they're drag racing?" She said, "I know when people are drag." No. <laughs> I don't know what brought him over there. In my lane but yeah. 
Trust me when I tell you, you wouldn't have wanted your woman to be on the steering wheel. <laughs> no, no. Otherwise, I got I timed it all and just romped down on my accelerator. Well, I, I would let and you know I hooked that. a hard I, I right, and they barely—I mean, you do like this—they barely. One more second, yeah. One more until well, here, here was one the, second. Here was the main thing I, I, that I did. I questioned Mom's version because I said, "Well, how? What's the truck look like?" She said, "Oh, it's bad." <laughs> so when I got there this morning, I'm looking around and I was like. Like, I can't see tell there's any damage to your he truck. He came so close that he just had it a little. It, I got a little of its paint. How did he hit your tire, a rear tire, and never touch the fender or and anything? It was else? a car, right? The, the state trooper said, "I don't know how." I don't either. It, you it's, got that kind I mean, of Phil, I look, had, you can you look uh, at his truck. You cannot remember tell I, anything I, ever I, happened. I took a right and I gunned it, so I, I kept it from being head on right there. Now it's just the side. It's like this. Well, I just kept fogging it to it. Yeah, but and people can't see that. So Phil's doing an, <laughs> a, an analogy with his hands. With his hands, he took a right. The other guy. Yeah, they're just listening. So they're close shave. Yeah, it was oh, a close shave. Very close. But I had a car come. You know, so my, close. My I got paint from his vehicle right down my vehicle. But okay. my truck out there right now doesn't have a dent on it, and a a car. Went in between my tires. I'm just driving, literally driving down the road, and I just looked to my left, and they, they, they didn't see me. And the car went under my truck. I mean, we, and then spun out from the contact. Like Christmas vacation. And I, I did not have a dent, and their car was totaled. <laughs> but it's. What was it, a Yugo? Or those it was a little cars? tiny car. <laughs> yeah. That's because your truck is jacked up. A, yeah, yeah, it, looks it like is, a, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, you would think a whole car coming under your truck and then spinning out, I would have at least a dent. Mm. Yeah. No. Nothing. Yep. So. That was a near miss on me. I did a head-on collision. I didn't get nervous or anything. I just said planned it out because yeah. it was happening like middle seconds. What was funny in my just come out and coming right at you. Yeah. And and we're 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 dead on. He's dead on. Just like yeah. he's not even paying attention. Well the two you needed a couple more milliseconds of yep. hook them to the right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, no. Case worst way. Well you saved her life. I said <laughs> I helped. I'll well, tell you that. She, then she slept and said, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, I saved our life." Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's it's a he said, she said. I, I said it's pretty funny. I mean, <laughs> I said if we were trying to solve a mystery on NCIS, we would have conflicting testimony. Well, she was at the rehearsal last night, and so she was telling me the story. So yeah. there I was. You know, I <laughs> looked way down. It was a drag race going on. I told Phil, "We might already get out of the way." No. Now take a right, <laughs> Phil. You hooked a right. Said she never said a word <laughs> until the car bumped us on the back and went on, and I and I was in the ditch over there. That's when she said, "You saved our life." I said, "Close to it. It would have been head on if I hadn't found this whole that maneuver." So, well, we, so, so, we're glad y'all survived. Amen on that. Let's take a break. So we're all uh, gun owners, and um, we know that one of the most important things when you're a gun owner is to keep your weapon properly cleaned, um, like anything else that you use at that level. Correct, Chase? I mean, that's a is that a yeah, fair assessment? It's, to say it's that? just being a responsible gun owner. 
And so one of our sponsors uh, is a group called Barrel Buddy, and these guys have been with us uh, for a while. And here, if you're watching, you can see uh, the package of their uh, product that they use to clean your barrels. This one is uh, for 12 and 10 gauge. So they have the, the product that fits any of your weapons, whether it's a rifle, pistol, shotgun. Uh, they cover everything. Uh, and it doesn't just improve accuracy, but, of course, it's the safe thing to do. Uh, it's, it's kind of a mess to do it, but we know it has to be done. And these guys discovered this just like all of us by being in the field and realizing that they needed something better. They had the old patches back when I was younger that you tried to clean with, but you couldn't get everything out of there. Sometimes even the patch didn't come out. Then you had the boar snake, which was a better option than the patch, but not near as good as, as this particular product because this goes in, makes sure it cleans out the grooves, uh, and it also is composed of these white polymers, so you don't leave any residue behind. So it's a cleaner, uh, and you're able to look through your barrel and see that it's uh, scrubbed out and everything that you need. So once you check these guys out, they're a great Christian company. Uh, it really is important. BarrelBuddy.com, B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy, BarrelBuddy.com. Check them out. So, Dad, you left out you left out one piece from the our well several pieces, but a big piece out of our Amish uh, country trip. We as when we got to the airport, it's actually a little FBO because uh, somebody sent a plane for us, which is nice. Because I had to preach. I guess you had to first have a car wreck, and then you had to teach yesterday morning. And so there was this we when we land and we come in as we're as we're taxiing into this little and it's a rural area. So it's not a very fancy little place, but there's an airstrip there, and uh, there's a there's an Amish buggy, you know you've seen them with the wheels and the usually a horse in front of them. It's sitting in this uh, bay here next to where we're we're pulling into, and it has a jet engine on the back of it. Hmm. So we snapped a picture. We said, "Look at there." An Amish buggy with a jet engine. So we take a picture of it. Most we, of the engine was in the back seat. Right. So, so we go do our thing, we come back, and when we get back to the airport, the guy that flew us, he owns the whole operation there. He owns, you know, he flies the plane, he owns the operation, and his son works there. He's a mechanic. Well, he comes out, he's a big old boy. It looks just like a redneck. Anybody you would have went to school with here, Jess, that's what he looks like. And he's got a fire suit on. And we get there to get on the plane to go home. He's out, that buggy is out there on the runway. And he says, I'm just going to show y'all something. So, so he gets in that thing, and he takes off with a Remember, jet. a black wagon that mules drag along. <laughs> Did it have wings? No, it no, was and, a normal and he is buggy. Seated, seated right in front of a jet engine. <laughs> with jet fuel well, it in didn't there. didn't fly. It was just for It was just for, just for running. It, and it's I looked 80 at, miles an hour on the airport. He was not <laughs> on the flying, runway. but he is moving. And boom, boom, so black been, cloud of smoke come out, fire coming out the back. I never like seen anything like, like, like a backfire. Yeah, oh. when, I mean a big old plume of smoke comes out of it, like you see come out of a jet, and a big fire is out of the back, and he comes by, you know, like it's some kind of speed test. So I'm laughing so hard, which we got video. So I'm hoping Josh can put a little video on here for you guys that watch this on YouTube. And I even got the shirt. That's what my shirt is. Sounds today. like a little rebellion over the. We're just Look, driving a bus. It See was, right there. That that his shirt. There it is, uh, Jace. See that jet engine, that red looking thing in there, the fire coming out. That's the way he looked the when world's he world's fastest Look, buggy. He went out and turned around in the airport. 
poured the coal to it and come by us at least 75, yeah. 80 miles an hour. Well, I was moving back, you know. Cause. Well, he's wearing a fire suit. So I'm thinking, I don't know. We're just standing out here watching. But I laughed at it because I thought, this is so amazing because here we are in Amish country. And this is where redneck and Amish come together. Oh, yeah. This is it. Because you're thinking, I'm going to get an Amish buggy and put a jet engine on the back of it and hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great entertainment. That's what sent us on our way. Then we hopped on the plane and came home. So I had to mention I'll that. Tell you what, they can say what they want to, Al, but that was really uh, – uh, to, to to get that pulled off, that was pretty good. Invention. He's pretty good. He's a pretty good mechanic to I pull that off. I, I, my hat's very off good. But Jace, I, I loved it. I wanted to mention before we left that uh, topic that a lot of people had, were still talking about you being there two years ago, and the guy that puts it on. It's a it's a great recovery ministry called Six Twelve. It's based on Ephesians Six Twelve, and they're doing tremendous work in this community. And so it was a fundraiser for them. And he told me that when you were there. You know, Amish people, a lot of them don't watch TV, or at least they're not mm-hmm. supposed to. But uh, he said a lot of them came to him and said, will you show us that, what you know, that uh, the podcast when the duck guy was here talking about being here. And he said a lot of people came to Christ based on us talking about it on the podcast oh, wow. when you were there. So he said yeah. he wanted to let you know that. So it's good. The yeah. fruit continues to go on. And we shared the gospel. I mean, Dad and I both did, and Mom and Lisa. So it was a great event. We enjoyed it. They were very good people. They were, and they treated us tremendously. So Some of the we, best people I've ever run up on were yeah. the Amish and at Ohio up there. Yeah, very, very good folks. So we loved it. And and we got to see some redneck engineers. By the way, uh, some of them were asked why they uh, are not using mechanical stuff, you know, on some of their equipment, you know, and they're just using mules and horses. And they said that the Amish who were doing that, their answer was, your favorite verse. We, we don't know. We, we don't know where this came from. This was handed down. Their ancestors handed down mules and wagons, and they said, we don't know why we, other well, than that. He said a lot of them quote your favorite verse from First Thessalonians that says, we don't want to be dependent on anybody. Yeah. Oh. But we want to live a quiet, godly life yep. in Christ Jesus. So a lot of it comes from that. Yep. But they're, they're, uh, Tremendous woodworkers and you know farmers and oh. the stuff up there is amazing. Of course, mom and Lisa went shopping, so that added to the. I don't care what everybody says when they get, when they begin to say negative things about the Amish world, but I saw nothing but positive. Oh, they're fantastic! I thought I said this. This is the kingdom of God. But you know, I thought I'm a of, member of. I thought about that because that ministry that we were there supporting, they mainly do recovery and from it's mainly from drugs and alcohol, but it's a lot of other stuff. But you know, even in the Amish community, they deal with a lot of folks that deal with the same thing. It reminded me. You can't, the evil one is working wherever he's working. You you can't isolate to the point you never had to deal with him, even if you're isolated from culture. So that's the, you know, we talked a lot about this in Luke, that evil, that's the way it works. It's insidious. I yep. mean, it can go in any community. So By the way, after I survived the head-on collision, uh, so I didn't, we didn't get in bed about 2 o'clock by the time we got down there. But uh, So they give it three or four hours sleep, and I was back up there, but we converted a man and his wife and, I asked him what he did for a living. He was up there toward the Amish country. But anyway, he said uh, he was an accountant. He was putting his dry clothes on in the little stall there after I baptized him. He said, hey, by the way, what do you do for a living? He said, accountant. So you never know who you're talking to or where they come from. They just show up. 
Yeah. Yep. He and his wife. Which is pretty cool. So, Jace, do you know what you're going to say in the wedding tonight? or Yeah. Are you ready for it? I crash coursed. Uh, I mean, it's family. You know, when I think of my niece, I mean, it's hard for me to it's just hard for me to wrap my head around these are <laughs> these are two adults now, you know. Well, and like I remember, and this one in, in particular, yeah. she's very youthful. Even though she's a college student, she she's very youthful in appearance. So it's it it's, it does seem weird that she's getting married. I mean, I'm keeping it pretty short because they said that's best. You know what I'm known for? Short weddings. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go short. I mean, I'll give her a report. I got a couple pages. But I basically just made it Jesus-centered because they asked me to do that. They said that's why they were asking me. Right. And there's a lot of similarities of being married to Jesus and being married. How old is Lily now? 21. 21. 21. 22. They're both about 21. They're in their early 20s. He just graduated from college, so he's 22. What's he going to do for a living? They said he's going to be. He's an accountant. uh, Accountant. So that's why I thought, that's where I thought you were going with that. Yep. But uh, he is genuinely, I mean, if I. He's a fine I I didn't know there were, you know, young men out there of this. He's a quality individual. High caliber. wholeheartedly approve of this. Me too. So uh, I'm excited about it. I mean, he he already seems like family. We're friends. Yeah. Which is very strange because most of these teenage bucks, you know, you're looking. Well, your brother's child is your niece. Yeah. Your niece. <laughs> yeah, you're really being Captain Obvious today. <laughs> we're going through all these zones that you get to, you know. Yeah. And now. He's hearing you, for the first time. You know, I'll get into your 80s, nearly. I'm almost in my 80s here, a couple of years. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, what would you call them? They were cousins. Either. Well, before we get to the Bible, what, what I originally uh, was going to talk about was the miracle. Phil's got an ear man. That's what he referred to him earlier. Unbelievable. And uh, they had a little wax removal, and so now it feels like I can hear. That was the said miracle I was so referencing. when I came in this morning, Jay, no, I'm, I usually come in, bring Dad a little Chick-fil-A, and we talk a little bit before we come over here and do the podcast. So normally the TV, you know, it goes up to 100. Most people wouldn't know that, but it, but I know because when I go into Dad's, it's around 90. I don't yep. think you have it quite all the way. Yep. So I walk in this morning. I would get I don't know what it was, but I would guess it's about twenty. Dad's sitting there watching TV, and I was like, "Well, he I guess he's just reading lips today." And you told me about Nurse Man had been there and what he had dug out of your ears, and I was like, "So Dad said, look, I can hear that perfectly well." <laughs> I was like, "Right now, it's like you're hollering at me, right? Because for yeah. the first time, you're hearing all this." I had them wax, I guess, for the for a mm. year or so. He cleaned them out one time before, but that's been a couple of years. But boy, did it ever block off my hearing. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> so we sound loud now, right? Yeah. Oh, y'all sound very loud. Like we're yelling at you. I was oh, the yeah. same way. That's why it was always. Was it, was it bo- both ears or just one? Both ears. I mean, he would pull, what he'd perc- pull what, out that. What percentage, what percentage would you say you, you've increased in your hearing when it came out? Oh, I would say 75%. I mean, I was just listening. Wow. I had, I've got some, some expensive, you know, duck ears, you know, you put in your head. But that didn't do any good when you're having to go through the wax. That's no. why there wouldn't work. I couldn't figure it out, Dad. You would put your uh, your hearing aids in, and I was like, he can't hear any better. They must be bad. But now I know what the deal was. Oh. 
Too much wax. Too much wax. So I put a little oil in my wax. ears for the last four days. And he, that a nurse man told me that. He said, he's one of the brothers, but he hunts, hunts with us. Well, I call him Nurse Man. I don't even know his real name. But anyway, <laughs> but I know he's well, good. You called him Ear Man earlier, <laughs> he's which ear was man. funny. Yeah. <laughs> but boy, did he ever awaken the new world to me. So Dad's, Dad's line was, this is a good redneck line. He's, I said, Dad was a lot of wax. He said, Al, if it had been peanut butter, it would have been enough for a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Just globs of earwax. Wow. So, as y'all. you're enjoying your breakfast, this I was trying to dinner. eat a chicken biscuit, but I just lost interest. <laughs> Let's take another break. So, there's a lot of talk these days about uh, free speech. I think that um, Elon Musk, probably out of all the other things he's done with satellites and spaceships and all that, he's probably done as much by buying Twitter to bring that conversation back to the forefront, which we think is a good thing. We're able to share. What we share, do the Bible studies we do and share Jesus because of our right of free speech. And so it's very important. Um, right now, a lot of big tech companies, social media sites, you know, they're not so much on board. There's kind of a big tech monopoly that goes on. And so one of our sponsors is a group called ExpressVPN, and their goal is to make sure and protect you from that. Because uh, all these tech giants, what they do is the way they make their money They're going to track your searches, your video history, everything you click on. They build a profile on you, and then they sell your data. That's what they do. And so ExpressVPN, what they do by adding this app on your computer or your phone, it's going to hide all this from these parties that try to take this information. So they totally encrypt 100% of your network data to protect you from eavesdroppers and cyber criminals as well. They're rated as number one on CNET, Wired, Tech Radar. So let's stop allowing big tech to revoke our rights to free speech. Uh, Why not revoke their right to your data? Secure your internet with the VPN that we trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash unashamed. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash unashamed to get three extra months free with our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash unashamed. There's nothing right, funky what, or nasty about it. It's just No, it's wax. just, it comes out, it's from drainage. Well, it is. It's, it's well, it's kind of he was, he pulled ended? out that first plug, and I thought he was coming out with no, it is eardrum. Because, I mean, I'm like, ow. Oh, it's, it's a tool. It's he not said, it's going to hurt a little bit. It's but, not but, pleasant. Well, it didn't seem that way to you because it's yours. But to everybody else, no, that's nasty. <laughs> that makes me want to go get my ears cleaned out. I'm telling you that. Well, just don't tell me about it. <laughs> and it'll creep no, up I on you. Where I, you had, I wondered about why I couldn't hear. I said, well, I guess you get old, you can't hear anything. But, man, that wax and that it blocks off your ears. I never, never Luke, realized it. I remember Luke it well, Dad. Chapter 5. Chapter <laughs> 5. It's making me queasy. <laughs> yeah. We do talk oh, man, about the Bible sometimes. <laughs> I know this is an interesting question, Jace, but why would God put wax that could oh, close off your ear. Why would he do that? Our body is generating this act, uh, 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 and, and, it, and it settles in your ears. I'm going to give you a personalized answer. you got an eardrum on both sides, me, but you got blockage. Put, Why would he put wax in your ears? Right. Since you asked me, I'm going to give you a personalized answer. So that when you debated whether the earwax came from salt water 
or God, yep, it'd be a slam dunk to go towards the Creator. I thought you'd like that answer. I think you may have a point there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the internet answer. For some reason, we here's need... the internet answer. Earwax protects the ear by trapping and preventing dust, bacteria, and other germs and small objects from entering and damaging the ear. So that's what he unloaded? That's all a bunch of bad stuff. Protecting the delicate skin of the ear canal from getting irritated when water is in the canal. Well, to a point. But it's like, you know, once it gets too much, you can't hear. So defeating the purpose. Sometimes too much can build up and block the ears. So that's what happened to you. That's Just too much made. got in well, there. All right. Because you got to remember. This says as long as the ears are functioning properly, people should not be trying to remove it and leave it alone. But if it begins to cause problems or hearing issues, it needs to be removed. So right now, since I just saw the ra- wax and a lot of it be taken from my ear, I'm shocked at how much wax it was. But so do they say... How long do you wait before right. you have this check? I'm right here, Dad. For some people, a once-a-year visit to the ear care clinic is often sufficient, but for others, they have to do it every six months. But Luke so chapter five, I like cleaning your teeth. Yeah. Luke chapter five says, "He who has ears, <laughs> let him hear." <laughs> well, Jason's moving oh, on. He, Jason's had but They save your life. You're talking about saving your life. I mean, so I had an earwig get in my ear, which the internet, which you're reading from, said they don't do, which I did have that happen. But the wax. The bug, I meant a live bug. Yeah. Well, and your other son, Willie, had a roach get in his it's ear. It's actually one of those giant, that, giant but, water well, bugs. What if you hadn't had wax? I would have the earwig would be in my brain. That's right. He'd just come on I mean, through. So it's a block, it's a roadblock for critters and other. So there's a thin film, your eardrum, mm-hmm. and this wax. If when that lays up against it, it's like mounding up dirt. You know, until finally it's blocked off. So I guess it's protecting a lot, but it's really doing some serious damage. I mean, some serious uh, blockage. Blockage. Yeah. Um, so I had the same look. I was filming. I would tell Saturday. everybody have your ears checked once a year at least. Have somebody look in there because you may be. I'm thinking about these old oh. people in the old days. Yeah, but the ones up. that need checking can't hear you. So <laughs> it's a problem. So, so we're it's telling people that, but since they can't hear us, they're not no, going to exactly. know to go get it checked. So I took a left. We were out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm driving down the road, and I I keep seeing signs that says "Do not enter." I was like. Why do they keep having that? Until I saw a car coming, drag race style, your, you know, your story. Yeah. I was in the, I didn't realize there was two lanes. I didn't realize there were two lanes to the right (laughs) where I should have been. (laughs) So once I saw a car coming in my lane, I thought, oh. So I saw it going the wrong way. I saw it. So I was making an example. It's kind of like your ears, you know, it's, it's. Do not enter. It's not for things going in. They even tell you. They're like, don't stick your ear down in there. Because well, then people, whatever you have in there, you're just compressing. Which the worst thing they came up with, people did, and I've, I've done it myself, is the Q-tip. Because all that does is like, that's like taking the old Pack days musket. That's like oh. packing it in next mm-hmm. to your ear down. That's no good. So, I mean, the what I felt a while ago, five. that kind of pain for a few seconds. <laughs> But it's when he stuck that metal tool in there and he said, this is going to hurt a little bit. I mean, I, I was begun to be lifted off the chair. I mean, it was rough. 
So this has turned into therapy, <laughs> death, near-death therapy from Phil. I mean, he's oh, had man. a crash. What a cold open today. And now he can hear. I've never heard any podcast individual say, you know what, I can just put wax pulled out of my ear. Because I know he has. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody there goes needs to be that. more podcasts on earwax removal. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's, a, it's an underreported problem out in America. It is. It's bad. <laughs> I actually read it's the, I, you know, I had this conversation last <laughs> night. I didn't read. I had this conversation last night because uh, my sister, you, who you all know, that would be your niece, Phil. She went with us on a, this trip. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was there. So she, she was, she said that the, one of the number one causes of cognitive decline in elderly people is hearing loss because they just check out. They can't hear. So like, I, I'm not going to worry about it. So it's a big deal that you can hear. I mean, it really is. I mean, that, you're yeah, back it, with it us. Keeps you, you're yeah. back with us. He's you're back. back. He's All back. right. Now that you can hear, let's, let's read Luke 5. Right, well, hey, before on. we do that, let's take another break. So if you're a business owner uh, and you listen to our podcast, uh, whether you're earning uh, millions of dollars, hopefully, or tens of millions, you need to stop and take a listen because NetSuite by Oracle has just rolled out the best offer that we've ever seen. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to make better decisions faster. And for the first time, NetSuite's 22 years, they have the number one cloud financial system that can defer payments of full NetSuite implementation for six months. That's no payment, no interest for six months, and you can take advantage of this special financial offering today. NetSuite is number one because they give your business everything you need in real time, all in one place, to reduce manual processes, they boost your efficiency, they build your forecast, and they're also going to increase productivity. So they've got a lot of power to be able to help you run your business. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, their inventory, their HR, their e-commerce, and much more. So if you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, then you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. You can take advantage of the special financing offer at netsuite.com slash fill. N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash fill. Get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm. That's netsuite.com slash fill. So we, we left off in, in Matthew 5. Not Matthew. I mean, I'm sorry. I've been doing a lot of studies. In Luke 5. Uh, with the section that I call the untouchables, because we first looked at in verse twelve the man that was uh, healed from leprosy, and, and you Jesus, wouldn't want to touch him because it was against the law, right? And and Jesus didn't have to touch him. Well, and it just you'd feel creepy about it, right? Because right? they're they didn't know if they diseases were contagious. But you made the point when we talked about him that when way, you how control contagious them, was that disease. Well, well but I think it was a variety of diseases. I, mean, I think you're doing yourself a disservice when you when you go back and look at the Greek and the Hebrew of these words. I mean, it it was various diseases of the skin and well, they they knew enough to know that some of these were contagious. So you basically want to say persona non. The reason I bring up the point is you think about it. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's still here. It is to this day. It is, but it's curable now. I mean, they or at least treatable. Treat- yeah, you know, treat- there was this place in Louisiana where if you caught leprosy, they put you down there. There was a literal leper colony in our state. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. I think I don't think there's a cure, but there's a treatment. Right. I mean, I, 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 I is think- that place there anymore? Is it? No. So no. that's 
It's, so it is treatable. It yeah. is treatable, and people can live a fairly normal life. But I don't it. think it was necessarily the same strain of disease 2,000 years later. Yeah. I mean, they're translating this leprosy, but that was not the word. When you look at it, it was just diseases of the skin. Right. So, I mean... There's, there's a lot a, of I see a, a lot of, be a lot of ads on TV about what you do about your, your leg being red shows a little yeah show yeah. these gals you know they show them their leg or their arm and it's just a red kind of a red then that before and after if you put a little of this stuff on there you know I don't know go. what you call that <laughs> well, I don't know it's a not a not leprosy but it I don't know what you would call it what, what do they call that Diseases know. of the skin. That's right. Exactly what this is trying to cover. Yeah, the, the idea is that hmm. this was this made them uh, isolated, and so this is a person you wouldn't want to touch, and yet Jesus touches it. Then we got to the paralytic in verse seventeen. But my point was, if it hadn't Al, you been treated wanna... after forty years, you really going to look like a mess. Well, man. but you course. don't want to touch these people. Yeah, so I'm yeah. just saying it's the wrong impression that you would even. No human wants to touch somebody with skin disease. Right. Unless it's your mama. Yeah. And she's only doing it, you know. Oh, she, the one you're talking about is psoriasis. They have a yeah. the commercials for psoriasis. Yeah. yeah. Which Man, yeah. my dad's got that. Right. And there's now a, like a medicine that helps with it, you know. But yeah, stuff it's, like but that. That's, but that's a, but that's an autoimmune disease. Yeah, it has nothing to do with contagion. But you can imagine yeah, like that's so, a lonely life if you had liver Oh, it'd be exactly. terrible. That's the point. That's the point. You couldn't yeah. go to the temple, and I don't think you couldn't worship. Run around these days and giving you a hug if they looked. Well, at that's you. the point of those commercials you're talking about, because the idea is they feel isolated because of the way they yeah. look, and they, and it, it affects their life. And so that's that, what I'm saying. I brought up the point last time that it's like during COVID, if someone coughs within hearing, yeah, which would have been yeah, had been real yeah. close to you at that time, Phil. But you're 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 getting away from those people. Yeah, because it's like, have they got it? Or Even subconsciously, you know, right. it's, it's panic in the streets. Oh, there there were videos of people on airplanes, and some guy sits down there, and he kind of coughs, and there'd be people recoiled in horror with their double shields on next to them, like, oh, my gosh, this person is, you know, yeah. you know, it's, it's terrible. So the idea is, is that Jesus, this little section that Luke does in the text, the next was the paralytic who couldn't get to Jesus, but four guys dropped him down through the roof. We talked about that. But he, this is another guy that people would have just walked past. But there were four friends that said, well, if we can get him to Jesus. Well, I still go back to my approach to it uh, during the COVID thing. And for three years, we would, were still preaching the gospel, and I was baptizing them. And I told them, I said, I, they had masks on all that. And I told them, I said, look, I said, you know, we, we're worshiping someone who raises the dead. I said, they say we can't get six feet and all that. I said, but they, the people, the powers that be don't understand is when you get ready to baptize somebody, it's a serious thing. Yeah. So I said, look, let's just take our chances. The God will be with us. We won't catch it. Well, I never got it. Right. That I don't know of. And I baptized 600. I got as close as you can get with them. But pushed them down in a pool of water. Well, your mindset, Dad, was the same one that I have when I go on a mission trip. People said, man, you're going to a dangerous place. And I said, yeah, but I'm doing it on behalf of the Almighty. So if, if that gets me, maybe way, I was just lucky. What, what a way to go. What I'm saying yeah. is even if you had gotten COVID and died because you were sharing the gospel with people and baptizing them, at the end of the day, you know what we just said at your funeral? You know what? He died doing what he loves doing. Yeah. 
I never so actually as a Christian, it. it is a different view of anything, whether yeah. it's pandemic or anything else. It's a mindset. You know, one of the guys, the guy that hosted us, and Jace, you know, and he probably hosted you too at the in the Amish territory, was telling me about he used to have to go back and forth to Minneapolis, Minnesota for his job. And he said they flew into a flock of geese one time, and when one engine goes down immediately, he said and that other one was a little bit damaged because they went through this thing of geese. And so he said when the pilot was coming in, he kept having to kind of tip it over to keep it going, and he just timed it out and landed. But he said he was talking about how religious everybody got in a quick hurry on that plane. Yeah. But he said the guy sitting next to him looked over at him. He said, you must be, you must be a believer yeah. because you don't seem like you're getting too out of sorts. And he said, I am a believer. He said, I'm, he said, I'm scared. He said, but at the same time, I know where I'm going. And he was telling me that was an opportunity to talk to that guy. And I thought, that's really what it's all about. In the moment, you're just like, we believe, you know. But these are people that needed Jesus is the point. And so we get By to— By the way, there was some quite a bit of persecution uh, aimed against anybody that's religious during that COVID thing. You, wouldn't you agree? Oh, Yeah. There was a lot of persecution. Well, especially because Christians wanted to keep meeting. You know, I mean, they just said, yeah. look, we, we believe God's going to take care of us. And it wasn't, oh, you can't meet because you might affect us. Actually, they were right. They were right. As it turns out, you're you're correct. Yeah. You know, it should have been their call. The old guy in Florida, you know, straightened out. I mean, he just said, look, go on with your business and go ahead. And I have to say, even Louisiana, our governor uh, basically asked churches not to meet a certain amount of number of people, but he said clearly, we're not going to come in with law enforcement and force people meeting together, Yeah, just so you know, which I like that approach. What he said was, here's what the CDC says, but I'm saying do what, do let your conscience lead you, which was good. Let's take our last break. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. So we get to the third in what I'm calling the untouchables, but it's this third example, I think, of an untouchable, and that happens to be one of the disciples. And so this is Matthew, or Levi, which was his his Jewish name. So we get to verse 27. It says, after this, so after these other two, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. In verse 29, then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why? So not to Jesus, which was interesting. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? 
So they, they aimed it at the disciples, but Jesus answers them and says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So what do you think, Dad? Well, I think coming off the paralytic, he has this, you know, which is easier for me to heal this guy or to forgive his sins? Yeah. Well, by saying that, you're basically implying that you have the power to forgive sins, which means that when you sin, you're sinning against this person. Yeah. So I think there's a there's a picture in here. So when he gets to this, because you know, the, the tax I mean I don't think I think that's one thing culturally we can all agree on no matter what culture you're in. Nobody likes tax collectors. We don't exactly. like to pay taxes. Well. Revenuers, that's what we call and them. And I think in this specific context, when you go by because you got, you know, the Roman Empire taking people out from their culture and making them collect the tax, and then you have all this uh, extortion going on because they're in a powerful position and they got Rome on their side. And so they're just, they have so many enemies from the people because they're being oppressed and they feel like they're traitors to their own people. And so when you see Jesus pick out a tax collector sitting out here at the tax booth in a public way and says, follow me. I mean, that's just not going to go over well. No. And and you're right to point that out because just like with us in the U.S., there was a there were layered taxes. So you had the Romans who are occupying Israel. They want their cut. And it was just like the mafia. It's basically extortion. In other words, you yeah. pay us or we come in and besiege your cities and kill you. You know, it's interesting that that in that culture, I mean, there were factions running out of <laughs> factions in every direction. Right. But, but I look around now, today, there's no difference, Al. No. And it's, that's my it's point. One, it, it, the, the, this society we live in now is full of factions Based on all that stuff, some of it doesn't make sense at all. Some of it's just pure wickedness. But you say, there's all kind of factions running around out there. There are. And so just like in our case, with the if you looked if at somebody it. Somebody walked in there among them and, and healed one of them in the middle of all this, some disease, there would be some excitement going on if, if you had an individual going around healing people. No doubt. And so, so, so it's like you have you know you had the Roman government, then you had Herod and Israel. They're getting their cut. Yeah. So some people are you know collecting taxes for them. Yeah. Then we know because Jesus goes in the temple. You even have the people that are supposed to be there for people to worship. They're getting their cut. Yeah. Because you got to sell the doves and the and they're they're charging. It's these, a money making enterprise. It's a money making enterprise, and the old guy that's here is having to deal with that. And so yeah. you can so to the your point, Jace, that makes these these guys a pariah. In their own society, just like we would say today, who likes paying over half the, of everything you earn to other people for taxes? Nobody's ever. You liked expect that. to do some things for roads and whatnot, but who wants to pay all that? You know, it's just unfair, and that it was in their culture. Too. So, if you're claiming to be a king, or you're claiming to be some kind of uh, leader, 
you just wouldn't think you'd make up your team of people like this. Now, he did leave everything, just like the fishermen. Yep. Including the money. And you leave everything, you leave everything. And it's almost like, Jace, he was doing the big banquet was uh, because, you know, he had had a little money that obviously he's collected. It's like he's just going to have one big last blowout and invite people to talk to Jesus. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, he's trying to, you know, to to lead his friends. The fact that he would go, because it says tax collectors and sinners, but in reality, we're all sinners. Right. I mean, you're not going to have much, much, much company if you do what the Pharisees said. They said he belonged to this sect, complained to the disciples. Well, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Well, if you called everybody that's a sinner, you wouldn't go eat with them. I think you're going to have a lot of... You're going to have a lot of dinners alone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a whole lot. And even then, you're still with a sinner, even if you eat by yourself. But now that but but part of that's the whole cultural setup here that that when you shared a meal with somebody, that was a very intimate setting, and it still is to a certain degree. When you invite people over your house, they sit around your table. That's that's a level that's different than just saying hey to somebody you know in a parking lot. So it was the same way here. I mean, this was an intimate thing. Jesus and his disciples went into this setting, and that said something culturally. Yeah, I think if you put all these together, he he. Makes the analogy that I can forgive sins, which is more weighty in the big picture, even though it it wasn't to the paralytic in that moment, which I think is why he did that. But instant healing gives you a lot of power. (laughs) Yeah. So he was doing one thing visibly to promise something he could do invisibly. Because when you say, well, he can forgive sins, that's kind of an invisible fact. I mean, just think about it. You're like, well, anybody can say that. Who do you think you are? That that that's why it was so combustible. Mm-hmm. But then he starts using using these analogies, which is ironic that Luke, who is a doctor, then records where Jesus answered them because they're like, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? So he's at the part. Not only did he say, "Follow me," but if you just look at this from thirty thousand feet. You're saying this guy, he seems a little shady. And I'm talking about Jesus. From their perspective, they're like, this just seems shady. What's he doing with the, because they're saying sinners. You notice every time you see it, it's in quotation mark. Because then Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Was he talking, that's something visibly, we're, we're going back to the same principle. But he's saying, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Yeah. So when he gets to Luke 6, and I'm going to fast forward just because I think there's something in the language of using sinners in this context that you don't really find anywhere else in the Bible. Because like if you go to 632, it Jesus says, if you love those who love you, because he's talking about loving your enemies, but watch how he uses the, the phrase sinners. What credit is that to you? Even sinners. Now this is Jesus Talking kind of like we do. Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. So you're like, what's he talking about? So verse 34, the second part, he says, even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But then he has a drop mic moment, if he had a mic, 
Because then he says, verse uh, 35, but love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high. And here's the phrase I was trying to get to. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. And so when you think about what he just said here, He's asking for a lot. He's referencing all these sinners. You know, why are we with even sinners and even the sinners do this? And I came to, you know, not call the healthy. But then he's like, but I'm I'm kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Well, who who is that? I pretty much think that that's everybody. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> everybody. Let, let me say this before we close. I, I, I want to make one point because I think the when, he's, when he says about the forgiveness of sins— it wasn't just that it was invisible. It was that he is claiming in that statement that he is deity because that was the that's why the Pharisees, that's why they, they their rebuttal was, who is this guy that thinks he can forgive sins? Only God can do that. So when he's making the claim that that I can forgive sins, he's he's actually claiming to be deity. And so when you move into the story of, of all these guys, but like the leper is a great example of someone who you know, is untouchable, Jesus goes to touch. And the one who can forgive sins, we should be coming to him, groveling at his feet. But yet that's not how that's not how the initiation happens. He comes to us first. Right. And so it's like this whole like the gospel is just kind of being played out here. It haven't as it hasn't happened yet, but it's a pre it's in the process and it's a precursor of the full gospel, which is that Christ ultimately died was buried and raised on the third day. And so, but this is the thing that Christ, the one who can forgive sins, God himself, instead of us coming to him for forgiveness, he's actually coming to us and dispensing right. forgiveness. It puts the initiation on him. I think that's what ultimately will, will, will well get done. Well, well, Zach done. made the point where I was going, but, but Jesus did that in an illustration. He healed somebody saying, I, you know, I'm going to forgive his sins. Well, they're thinking God's a million miles away. And he was saying, no, you're looking at him. Yep. Yep. We're out of time. We'll, we'll flesh this out a little bit more in our overtime segment. If you want to follow us over, blazetv.com slash unashamed. We'll talk a little bit more about this calling of Matthew. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.